Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, pet lovers, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. Did you know that if you are over 50, that living with a beloved pet can actually keep you healthy? Well, it's true. The list of benefits of having a furry family member go on and on, and I've invited Kristen Levine, the president and founder of Kristen Levine Pet Living, to the program to tackle this topic. Then, after our halftime break, it's home pet food recipe time. Christy Bright will be stopping by to talk about her new pet food recipe book. So stay right where you are, and we'll get started after a quick station break here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewitt, and joining us now is Kristen Levine, who has some great news about the launch of Pet Living 50+. Good morning, Kristen, and welcome to the program. Good morning, Marie. Thanks for having me. I am very excited to talk with you because I'm actually 50-plus. We won't say exactly where I am in the 50-plus area. But uh, I know that I'm just about at the point of being an empty nester. And I've Uh noticed noticed some things about myself that I I think are probably not uncommon. But I find myself going to pet supply stores and pet fairs and things like that and buying all kinds of things to spoil my pet children with. <laughs> and I'm that wondering, is not yeah, yeah, it's you know, it used to be I'd I'd buy things for my kids, but you know, my my uh most of my kids are grown up. I'm actually a grandma and my youngest is uh oh a junior in high school, so she'll be going off to college next year and and I'm going to be just my husband and me and and my animals. <laughs> so they'll be wow. my my new kids. <laughs> Well, I have to say, Marie, you don't sound a day over 25, and I've seen your pictures, too, so you Aww. don't look, you, I would never have guessed you at, at 50 plus, Aww, but um, thank you. <laughs> you're obviously doing something right. It's having pets, that's it, because I tell you, it's not just how I feel, I think science has proven that having little furry family members in your life keeps you healthy, happy, and young. What do you think about that? I think, yeah, you I, I couldn't have said it better myself. As a matter of fact, when I, you know, I've been in the pet industry for 25 years, and just last year I launched a new blog, all about it's called Pet Living, and it's all about helping people live healthier and happier through their pets. So it is so true, you know, whether it's physical health, mental, spiritual, emotional, you know, our pets can do so much for us on all those levels. And, you know, I, I got interested particularly in the 50-plus segment of pet lovers because, you know, as we get older, and we we all know that, you know, 50 is like the new 30, but but there are certain (laughs) things that we go through in life Mm -hmm. in our 50s and 60s that we haven't experienced before, and so I like to say that we probably need pets more now than we've ever needed them before. Oh, sure. I mean... If you're working, and a lot of people now who are in the 50-plus age are probably planning on working 
into their 70s, if not longer, Mm -hmm. just for financial reasons. And after a hard day's work, especially when you're getting older, to come home to a wagging tail at the front door or a cat that wants to jump in your lap and purr, I mean, that just melts all the stress away from a long day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, becoming an empty nester. One of the things that I discovered when I was putting this program together, um, the Pet Living 50 Plus, is that you know, our pet, the pet industry has really boomed over the past, you know, 15 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the parallel between the ages of the baby boomer, and baby boomers, by the way, just for definition, are um, those of us that were born between 1946 and 1964. Mm-hmm. So boomers are uh, age 50 to 68 right now. There's like that 18-year window. Okay. And interestingly... When pet spending started started skyrocketing um, in the late 90s, that was when the oldest of the baby boomers were just starting to become empty nesters. Uh-huh. And now the youngest boomers, um, like, like yourself and myself, are becoming empty nesters. And mm-hmm. so um, there are a lot of experts in the pet world that attribute a lot of that boom in pet spending um, to the baby boomers because <laughs> they play, our pets have placed played such an important role in our lives and there's really no reason that it's gonna we're gonna stop spending now. That's 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 so true. I mean I, I can't imagine not spoiling my animals. In fact at, at the holiday during the holiday season rather, I always get gifts, holiday gifts for all of my pets. They even have their own stockings hanging <laughs> on the uh, the mantle and yeah, uh-huh. I, I think uh, people in other countries probably think uh, we Americans are crazy. <laughs> probably we do. And, and do, your, do your children ever accuse you of caring more about the pets than them? Oh, no, no, they're way into it. In fact, when, <laughs> when they were all still living at home, they would help decorate the stockings and they would say, what are we going to get for Momo and for, for Sheena and, and for all the different uh-huh. pets we've had over the years? And they would make things and, and we would make treats for them. And there was a lot more homemade stuff, though, going on back then. Now that True. I don't have kids to do all the work, I <laughs> I have to go shopping instead. Right. <laughs> I don't have a lot of extra free time to, to devote to making things. And so it's, it's fun to be able to go into pet supply stores or at pet expos and fairs and things like that and find outfits or, or even special boutiques where they have little outfits. And I know mm-hmm. outfits probably aren't special to a lot of pets, but some pets enjoy getting dressed up. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, they do. Well, and and if they live in the Northeast right now with this crazy weather that our country's been having, they, they need to wear a sweater. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, even my dogs, I have a Pomeranian and a Labradoodle, and they have very nice winter coats, but when we go up into the mountains, into the snow, I always put little booties on their feet, and I always put a nice sweater on them. Well, if they're walking on cold, icy ground, it's going to affect their poor little paw pads. Sure. you got to make sure they're okay. I mean, can you imagine walking barefoot in the snow and ice? Right, and not only that, but also a lot of the ice melters out there that are being used are toxic to pets. So Ooh, not yeah. only do the little booties keep your feet warm, but it's also preventing them from getting any of that poisonous, um, you know, 
chemicals on their feet that I they ultimately lick that. off. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that at all. So it's it's really important to make sure that your pets are protected. And so a lot of people laugh and giggle when you talk about their winter wear for the pets, mm-hmm. but it's really important. And for the baby boom, boomers who consider their pets their children, they're going to want to do that sort of thing to make sure their pets are healthy and live long lives. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And and that's actually one of the reasons that I started the Pet Living 50 Plus program is, and, and basically what it is, it's about, I want to help pet companies. So companies that make pet products or that provide pet services or even veterinary um, services and, and products, those companies need to understand how valuable we are as a demographic and that we have, sometimes we have special needs or we like, we like to be marketed to or catered to specially because we're a special group of people in America. I like <laughs> and to so think so. <laughs> that's my hope that, that companies will start recognizing the baby boomer population mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a kind of a specialty group of pet lovers um, because we are unique. And, um, and I don't know if you can hear my dog's chili. He's, he's crying. His daddy just pulled in the driveway, so I have to let him out. <laughs> Okay, Julie, go on. <laughs> oh, this is great. I, I love that the guests that I have on the pet place are always interrupted by their own pets because <laughs> it shows that they really care about their own. Animals. I told them before that before we got on this this call together, I said you're going to have to be quiet, Chili. But that, that was actually pretty quiet. Normally, he barks when Daddy comes home. But oh, you know that's okay. We like to have input from the four-legged uh, guests that are out there too. It's very important. Absolutely. We have to keep track of these things. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you've been a pet lover your whole life, and, and you have one dog. you have any kitties, any birds? Yeah, I've actually, uh, Chili is our one dog, and we're actually planning to adopt another dog. This is the first time we've had one dog, and it, it's, you know, it's really different. <laughs> wow, you're almost um, an empty nest with have, pets. We do have two kitties, <laughs> okay. and um, Olivia and Turtle, um, both rescue kitties, and we have two miniature donkeys. Miniature and donkeys. Wow. Yeah, their names are Izzy and Willow, and you probably couldn't hear them, but when my husband pulled in the driveway, not only did Chili start to whine, but the donkeys started hee-hawing. I wish you could have heard that. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. I, I didn't even know there were miniature donkeys. So do these guys uh, get to come in the house at all, or are they outdoor pets? They don't. They're, they're outdoors. We have a little barn, so if it's cold or rainy or whatever, they can mm-hmm. go in their barn, and that's where they eat. But they like to spend most of the day in the pasture grazing. And, you know, we live here in Florida, so the weather's you know, fabulous. And um, they're, they're a big hit in the neighborhood. So a lot of the kids will come by after school and feed them carrots or pet them, and they just are such ham. They <laughs> love attention. And so <laughs> they just have all kinds of – oh, I had a lady – over the weekend who pulled up in front of the house and got out and was taking pictures of Izzy and he was so into it. He must he would work in the camera, let me tell you. Oh, that's hysterical. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's I guess we're providing some entertainment for the neighborhood. <laughs> I guess so. That's it's so cool that somebody who is involved in marketing and pet products is also a real pet person too. I, I think that makes a big difference. It, it shows that you're sincere and you truly care about the people and the pets that you're serving. And I want to make sure that we have time to get a little bit out about your website. So let's give that out one more time. Sure, sure. Thank you. So um, my website is kristenlevine.com, and it's 
spelled Kristen spelled with an E N K R X. K-R-I-S-T-E-N-L-E-V-I-N-E. And the name of my blog is Kristen Levine Pet Living, and it's just intended to be all about having stories, science, and advice for pet lovers about how we can all live happier and healthier together. Wonderful. So, and like I said before, it's, it extends beyond just physical health. It can be mental health. It can be emotional health. I'm working on a blog right now that I'll post in, in probably a week or two about how pets actually help people that are going through divorce. Oh. Um, I did some research, and um, there is this actual condition called broken heart syndrome, and I spoke to a woman who shared her story about how her dogs helped her um, overcome the sadness of her divorce and helped her move on and, and build a new relationship. So, Wow, that's um, wonderful. Kristen, thanks so much for stopping by and sharing all this information And we need to take a very quick break now, but we'll be right back with more of The Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. Back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and with me now is author Christy Bright. Welcome to the Pet Place, Christy. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so humbled and uh, blessed to be here today, so thank you. Well, it's a real pleasure because I am very excited to talk about your new book. It's actually a cookbook, and what is it called? Shaggy Dog Eat. Shaggy Dog Eats. Oh, that's awesome. And this is a cookbook for recipes for animals, not for people, right? That is correct, but I have to admit, please nobody turn me into child family services, but my son has been known to also eat these treats. They are all... He'll he'll come by and he'll be like, Mom, what are you cooking? And I'm like, I'm cooking for the dogs. And, and he likes the peanut butter bones. And <laughs> But everything I cook is uh, using wholesome, natural ingredients, things you have in your pantry, food, food grade. You know, I go to the grocery store to buy the meat. Everything's cooked. So, um, so he's safe too. But I, I'll say that my, I have a beagle, I have a golden doodle, and I have a cat, and all three of them test. And then my son, like I said, has been known to come blowing through my kitchen and grab a bone or two. <laughs> That's hysterical. And and does he bark afterwards or no? <laughs> well, he's 11. He's doing a lot of things these days, a lot of noises that I, uh, you know, barking would be a better noise. Let's just leave it at that. So. <laughs> but anyway, but uh, yeah, so the recipes, you know, mainly are just, they're just easy. Um, There's a variety for everybody. I've had several people that tell me, oh, thank you for, you know, page 16 or whatever because my dog, you know, can't have grain or my dog can't have chicken. And and I tell people to, to play around, to substitute, because what's beautiful about cooking for dogs is they are not And so that is why I love, I'll spend all day in the kitchen kitchen cooking for my animals. And then my family comes home and I serve them dinner and they're all complaining. So I'm like, okay, that's it. No more cooking for you, family. (laughs) I'm strictly cooking from animals from now on because they have done nothing but look me in the eye and tell me how wonderful I am. Yeah. Yeah, I've been known to uh, cook all day and then, you know, drive to McDonald's for my family. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it happens. Oh, that is great. (laughs) 
what inspired you to do this? I know that a lot of people are concerned about buying treats for animals from pet stores or or from uh, wholesalers or anything like that because there have been so many stories about tainted pet food that has actually resulted in serious disease and death, and, and it's scaring a lot of people. Did that have anything to do with you deciding you're going to come I up with an alternative? I would say yes. I mean, it was a part, you know, like, you know, if you're going to take a whole, I would say it was 25% of the equation. Um, mm-hmm. I did talk to my vet before I started this, this book and um you know just i asked him basically you know in 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 his years of vet practice how many dogs have you treated that have been on a homemade diet or on a diet of of food that maybe was cooked or raw food or whatever and he looked me in the eye and he goes i've never treated a dog for any food illnesses um that were related to um you know a family cooking or preparing their dog's food and i said what about or, or brand bought food, and he goes, I have seen probably one to two a month um, that have really, you know, serious that serious conditions that can be directly related to a kibble. You know, sometimes those are hard to kind of make a direct link. So, you know, in talking with him, I kind of started thinking, hmm, kind of on to something here. And then I realized that a lot of the treats I was buying, I was buying them because they said made in America but they, that didn't really, that wasn't true. Um, there's, you know, you'll have to Google some of the information, but there is a sourcing issue with China and the United States, and sometimes made in the United States doesn't mean that the ingredients came from the United States. And that's and so true. Mm-hmm. I felt kind of um, disappointed by that mm-hmm. notion, so I said, you know what, there's got to be a simpler way to do this. So I just started kind of researching and collecting recipes and talking with people and and I just came up with basically 24 actually 28 recipes I say 24 plus because one of the recipes is for the Kongs and I put three um, stuffer recipes on one page but I just decided that you know what there's got to be a better way to do this and um, so that was part of the equation the other part's just me being a creative individual and loving to cook, and um, I make a lot of mistakes, a lot of a lot of trial and error, more error than trial. But like I said, my dogs have never complained, and when, <laughs> when my dough doesn't form, and I and I'm trying to roll out, you know, stretchies and um, things like that, you know, you're trying to roll out the dough to make the cookie cutters come out perfect, and my shapes are all a mess. Hey, guess what? My dogs are like so ecstatic because you know their bone is now a candy cane or a sphere <laughs> or something like that. Where my son would have actually probably complained that his bone was not a bone. So. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of the other part of it, and it was a do-it-yourself project. Um, I did everything basically from the beginning to the end. Uh, I do have a huge community of dog supporters, and they submitted photos and helped because I am not a photographer. Mm -hmm. So that was the hardest part for me was like creating the recipe, then plating the recipe, Mm -hmm. then making sure my lighting was just 
perfect in taking the the picture. So okay. it was, you know, it was an accumulation of a lot of things. I wish now that if I'd known as popular as the book was going to be, I'd maybe would have spent a little bit more time on it. You know, I start thinking, oh gosh, <laughs> it could have maybe been better. But it was definitely a, a project of love. So. Well, you have volume two, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, you know, we're starting, you know, we've got another book in the works right now, and it's going to be double. It'll be double the recipes because um, I've, and it's going grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free. So I'm really going to be stretching because I don't cook that way for my own home. So Uh this is something that I really had to research. So I'm really excited about that, and that's coming from my community who's, who's asked for that. Well, there are so many pets that actually have pet food allergies, and their their pet parents don't even realize that the food is causing all kinds of conditions, whether it be itchy feet, itchy tail, runny eyes, um, skin problems. I mean, there are so many things that relate back to food. And if you can address those issues and take that out of the equation, all of a sudden the pet feels so much better if they're not having to constantly chew their feet, chew their tail, itch their skin, itch their ears. I mean, it makes all the difference to prepare food at home and knowing that you're doing it with healthy, appropriate food for your pet. You do the same thing for your kids, so why not for your furry kids, right? Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I have an elderly beagle who is 12 going on 13 who started having just terrible health problems all of a sudden. You know, we thought, oh, this is it. This is, you know, this is our down year. This is going to be the year. And I switched the food completely. We went to a, um, you know, please talk with your vet. We went to a, a raw diet and we took the grain out, we took the chicken out, we took the high fatty beefs and things out. We do a venison diet. And then we did, after about six months of this food, we did a senior blood panel. And my vet called me in, and I'm thinking, oh no, <laughs> here we go. And he calls me in, and he his, he says, his jaw dropped. He goes, your your dog has turned into a five year old in six months. He goes, I've <laughs> never. I've never seen anything like this. In fact, we're going to lose money from you now because now your dog doesn't even need its dental cleanings every month. <laughs> it's chewing on you know we we give these raw, we give raw bones to our dogs and they mm-hmm. chew and they chew and they scrape all the tartar off the teeth and he was like I've, I he goes I'm a believer he goes I'm a believer he goes I'll I'll quote anything you need me to quote for any of your books. And I was like, okay. Wow, isn't that nice? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there was a lot of research that went into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, not just the book writing process, which was a whole other piece, but, you know, just making sure that each recipe was tested in my kitchen, in my own kitchen, and everything was tested and retested. And when things weren't quite right, I, I changed them up a little bit here and there. And then I... You know, if I had a recipe I wasn't quite sure about, I'd send it out to a friend. I'd have them test it. So, yeah, so I felt real confident coming out with this book. And and it was just a fun book. It's a fun book. And it was also, I would say, the last 25% of this book was for me to be able to give back to my community. We we already give back, you know, through just personal, you know, supporting rescue organizations. Oh, that's and great. my husband's, you know, like, you're starving us to death. Can you figure out a better way? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'm going to 
come up with something that I can produce and sell that I can then give back to the community. So, oh, so cool. that was probably the last 25% of this book was a medium for me to be able to give back in a much bigger way. So the book's used, you know, I, I use the book any chance I can for um, any kind of adoption event. I book sign, you know, any kind of book signing I can do to help bring awareness to adoption events. I do that. I give, you know, almost all the profits to um, rescue organizations. And so, you know, that was that was the other part. And it all started with a golden doodle about three years ago. <laughs> so this is probably my breeder's fault. <laughs> well, I where have a can rescue, I? And then I have my breeder, and then we have this stray cat. So we have like this whole combination. I've, I've run the gamut on animals. Where can our listeners find your book? Amazon, Barnes and Noble, okay. and then hopefully this spring um, through Ingram Content, um, retailers can pick up the book. It's available, and they can um, keep it in their stores. You can go to any bookstore and order it. Okay. Most bookstores do have accounts with Ingram Content. I think they're the biggest supplier of bookstores and libraries. And um, the title, and one more time before I let you go. Mm-hmm. The title. Ingram, Ingram Content. What did you say? I'm sorry. Oh, the title of your book, one more time before title I let you go. The title of the book is Shaggy Dog Eats. Shaggy Dog Eats. Christy, thanks so much for stopping by the pet place today. We do need to take one last break, but don't go away because we'll be right back with Pet Place News and Events here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Tomorrow, from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. at Fashion Island in Newport Beach, the Animal Network of Orange County will be holding an adoption event. They have beautiful animals waiting for forever homes. For more information, visit www.animalnetwork.org. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. You can also find us on Facebook. We're listed under Pet Place Radio. That's all one word. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on KJAZZ 88.1 FM. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please spare new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.